There it is. We're back, ladies, gentlemen, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are here for another awesome show. We're going to learn so much today from a very, very cool guest teaching us how to break free and live authentically. Tune in. We're going to have fun. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. We are back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful Tuesday. Before we jump in and chat with today's awesome guest, I want to remind everybody that we are doing three, three, three shows every single week, which means a lot of opportunity for all of you to ask questions. Can't wait to find the guest for this one that's pending. If you have questions about your relationships or if there's a topic that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs. Let me know. Leave a comment while we are recording live. Follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing PolyA. Uh, let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, a reminder, if you're listening to the podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. We're here to share our imperfect stories. We... <laughs> as many imperfect stories as possible, because I know that the more stories we hear, the more others will see us in themselves, the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, sign up to share your imperfect story too. All right, here we go. We have an awesome guest today. Our guest has been on quite the transformational journey. She is a Bible school graduate turned playboy enthusiast who stumbled into her own path of self-love acceptance and joy while breaking free from her religious and societal programming now she wants to help you do the same having always been that friend who could mediate for others and sometimes even playing that role for her parents our guest has been fascinated with people and relationships as long as she can remember that fascination inspired her to question whether sex positive non-monogamous kinky, and all those other types of people she heard about on playboy radio could truly be happy was happiness even possible for those sinners? What she discovered while wondering about those people was that they were her people. And now she's on a mission to help others break free of those boxes just like she did. Tune in to find out how our guest guides those who are transitioning from the regular monogamous world to the magnificent magical world of ethical non-monogamy. Joining us today out of Hanover, Ontario, welcome to the show, Kareen Badar. Woo, Kareen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Thank you for the great intro. You've got a lot of those points down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little bit of Google searching goes I a long suck. way. Uh, you did your also- homework. You do a good job of marketing yourself. So Great. that's that's all you. I just kind of <laughs> pick and choose and, you know, put it together. Anywho, Kareen, I gave you an intro, but that doesn't mean that the world actually knows who you are. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about uh, what you're doing. And thank you again, Rob, Robert, Robbie, for tuning in. So I am um, an empower. I'm the world's leading empowerment and sex positive relationship coach. I mean, I, like I mean, right. Um, I think, I think that um, I feel like there's a real, there's a real need for that because there's a lot of coaches out there 
but there's not a lot of people that really deal with um, sex positivity in kind of right. all across the spectrum from like swinging to polyamory. And so really it's the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy that I really want to normalize because I just don't think people should be losing their kids in custody battles or losing their mm -hmm. jobs mm -hmm. for their romantic choices. Um, some of us are built to love more than others and it doesn't, it's not such a taxing energy pull from our lives to love more than one person and we shouldn't get penalized for wanting to express that. And so, um, and, and so my big mission is, is to normalize ethical non-monogamy, but also to present just the beauty of this world. Um, and I think that a lot of times people associate non-monogamy with sex and mm -hmm. it, it can include that. And, and that is a wonderful part of it as well. But really I wanna bring about this connection side of things mm -hmm. and if you're going to um, enter this sort of magical world of, of connecting with others and really allowing yourself to be vulnerable and seeing vulnerability as a superpower and just really feeling empowered in your circles and community, I think you really need to be able to break free from the programming. So we have this religious and, and societal programming that is inherent in all of us. And it's it really lies in our subconscious into how we're able to um, be our true selves, right? Like it, it mm -hmm. just keeps us, it keeps us stuck. And so, yeah, I'm really passionate about it. Try to make the world a better place. That's what we all want to do. And thank you for doing mm -hmm. the work that you're doing to uh, help make the world a better place and, you know, normalize non-monogamy in, in, in all its different forms. Um, I want to ask you more about this journey that you were on. I mean, it is a transformational one. It's one that a lot of us have uh, experienced, you know, uh, also myself growing up in the church and, you mm -hmm. know, knowing that Bible backwards to forwards, you know, read it a couple of times, even like on deployments mm -hmm. and things. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your journey and that process of breaking free. You were trying to find out if the rest of us were happy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so crazy because, so I, I grew up very fundamentalist Christian. I mean, uh, brethren assemblies here in Canada, you know, I wore head coverings and I was a church pianist since I was 13. I went to Bible school and got my degree in church music, um, and psycho and education. And so I've been a music teacher for years. Um, but it just came to a head when my my ex-husband really got um, curious about, he just had some questions that just needed answering before he could really move forward with his faith. I never had those questions. I never had those doubts. You know what I mean? I just trusted and I enjoyed my life and I really was fine. I had no trouble with it. Um, so his search led down a path of, just it kind of all fell apart and it was really, really sad. And I don't want to get into that because that's just a lot of, a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact was he was willing to question things, his own faith as well, as much as he would question anybody else's faith, because we have no trouble questioning other people's faith. We're taught to judge their faith and all that, but we're not ever taught to look at our own and think that maybe there might be holes. Maybe there's, 
discrepancies or things like that because i mean the whole bible is true right every bit of it so um i mean you either I believe mean, that or you don't right and so for me i believed every word of it and so that meant everything in the bible was true mm-hmm. um and so when he shared with me sort of his findings i was just like devastated because that was my whole world it was everything <laughs> So you, were, you were so deep uh, into the religious program. You were so deep into the church that when he told you that he was questioning all these things, it like actually shattered your faith and started having you question your identity. Am I getting that right? A little bit. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it shattered my, well, I guess it did shatter my faith. It. I respected him so much. And like, I looked up to him. He was a Bible school graduate. I was too. And for him to like come to this conclusion that he just, he didn't believe like like he did before i was like what like what does this mean who am i now and he said you can continue to be who you are and believe what you believe that's fine i just that's fine i'm not gonna you know force and i was like yeah but like you're the person i always respected and looked up to and like what i have to investigate this because we have three kids and they're gonna you know i have girls they're gonna be teenage girls what are we gonna teach them about sex if we don't believe Uh the same thing i mean really this was one of the first thoughts that came to what are we gonna teach them about sex (laughs) because we were both virgins when we got married right i mean this was a big deal right like sex is a big deal right so all that to show okay so we had serious radio at the time and at that time playboy station was playing on serious radio Okay. So I just started listening to the worst of the worst. I mean, these people were the worst, right? I mean, they had no love in their hearts. They just, they had no joy. They had no self-worth. Because they didn't How, have God and Jesus and all right, that. Right. Like, possibly. And, and the, they the didn't respect was, their bodies. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about uh, yourself and your husband, that, that uh, is that, that verse about being equally yoked. Oh, right? that was like, huge. Like, I was like, all of this, I've like because I picked the right guy, right? Uh-huh. Like I picked the right guy. I didn't, yeah, pick the yeah, guy. I, get, I, get I didn't pick the bad boy that I usually was attracted to. I didn't pick all the things that I thought I would really like energetically. Mm-hmm. I picked the choice that was the right choice for good the Christian safe. guys, someone yeah. who didn't lust after other people, whatever. And I found out very quickly <laughs> that <laughs> lust doesn't just turn on overnight, you know, like <laughs> whatever. Uh... So that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, I was like, okay. So I started listening to these people talking and I was like, sex workers and and all this stuff. And I was like, these people are so intelligent. They're having the most intelligent conversations, ones that I cannot have with people at church because it's so... It was so shallow and superficial. Yes, yes. Not even sex. I mean, like you can't talk about any of your sins. No, and and let's forget sex for a minute. Like just the depth of conversation and the uh-huh. depth of being real and authentic. Oh, that no. is the key yes. right there. Is I found an authenticity in these people that I had never seen before. Mm. Mm. And that's what got me. And I was like, these are my people. I love wow. these people. I relate to these people. These people tell their truths mm-hmm. without fear of judgment, without fear. They don't have to put it in a box. I was so blown away by that because they seemed like so empowered and comfortable with who they were, comfortable in their own skin. And I was like, this is not what I've been taught. 
this shouldn't be, you know, like this shouldn't be. And then furthermore, I came across the show Swing um, with Michael and Holly. Mm-hmm. And they had the best relationship and they were like encouraging each other to explore their sexuality. She was bi, she had been Mormon and, and, you know, they were like having relationships, like sexual relationships with other people outside of their marriage and, and, and like being excited about talking about it and being happy for each other. I was like, what? (laughs) I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. We're so on the same true. brain waves. I love this it. This is awesome. You've got all the right clips. And I love that one, by the way, because I, I love musical theater. And I've seen so many competitions where they've sung that song. So, so that's good, great. So <laughs> it's such a good song. Love okay. that song. So anyways, yeah, it just, all these things came. And so I started listening to podcasts and going, well, what is this swinging thing, you know, or whatever. Fast forward. Like we started listening to podcasts. I said to my husband, I was like, you have to listen to this. This is insane. This is crazy. Like, because you have to understand, we were virgins when we got married. We had only known each other. I mean, there was like, no, you don't even yeah, trust yeah. that. You don't think that, you know? And, uh, if, and I re- if, if I lust after another woman, then gouge out my eyes, right? Yeah, but I was never that girl. I was the girl who, like, when there was a movie and the girl had to choose between the two guys that she was in love with, I would cry. Because I was like, why does she have to choose? It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. Why does she have to choose? Wait, that was me. You, you were feeling that way watching oh. those those love triangle movies, even oh, though man. everything in your religious upbringing told you one man, one woman, it this is nev- how it is. Yeah, that just I never felt fair. I was like, why? Why does she have to choose? And of course, I didn't know about polyamory or anything like that. But I'm obviously wired for that. Like, obviously, like, that's just so natural to me, you know? Anyway, so fast forward, we ended up discovering that world. And, like, when we went to our first event, our swinger event, mm-hmm. I was like, the mothership has landed. <laughs> found my people. I, I was like, this? Nobody talks oh, about this. Great. Like, it was, like the best church I'd ever been to. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. I mean, yeah, I was like, oh. Got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That is so, so good. So so you have this mind-blowing, <laughs> you know, experience, I guess, of just being in a swingers club at all. And this was like a camping. Was it a club? No, it was like a... Uh, a, a little resort like we have this resort here in ontario up north mm-hmm. called sandy bottoms and it's the cutest little place it's a bible camp turned swinger resort ah no way that yeah, is fantastic the irony I was, like, I was like this looks like a bible camp they're like it totally was i'm like that's perfect <laughs> so anyways um like there's the beach and everything and i mean so on our 15th wedding anniversary when all of this started to come down, right? Like all the religious religion stuff came up to unravel. Um, We just, we went to Jamaica and we went to a resort that had a a nude Island because we were like, we have to just experience experience, like this being nude in Mm -hmm. the sun, like just because we have a pool in the backyard and it's not really that 
easy to do. But we'd we'd been able to experience that a couple of times. We're like, this is just so freeing and so nice. I would love to be in that environment. And what I discovered there is this that you can have the best conversations. Like if you can have a conversation with someone when they're naked, <laughs> yes. There's really nothing you can't talk about. Like what is there that you can't talk about <laughs> when you're literally naked? To, and there's not there's zero issues with it. It's not embarrassing. You can't get any more vulnerable than that. No, it doesn't feel weird. It's just mm -hmm. you feel connected to these people. And then we get off the island and, and be on the mainland where you couldn't be naked. And it's like all of us islanders, we called <laughs> we called ourselves, we just stuck together and we'd like hang out and we'd like party together at night and dance and all that kind of stuff. They were our people. Like we found our people. And that wasn't even having anything to do with sex. So right, like right. there this whole world, you know, what I really want people to come like to to understand is that it's so much more than sex. It is about finding your people, your tribe. Mm. You know, we're all wanting to belong mm. in life, but we are told what we're supposed to think, what we're supposed to do, who we're supposed to be, the boxes, right? Like Right. One man, one woman, marriage is forever. Uh, mm -hmm. One person should fulfill you completely. And so we are seeking that. And everything less than that is a failure. And I am not okay with that anymore. That needs to change because we can't live like that. Like how many people are divorcing all the time, right. feeling like failures? I like I just separated over a year ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And that was the hardest thing was just this this failure mentality that I kept going through in my head when it was the most right thing to do. It was the most right thing to do for both of us and the kindest thing to do and the most loving thing to do because we were never very well matched. You know, we, we mm. raised wonderful children and we were good partners for a long time, but really emotionally, we never connected. We never were on the same page on a lot of things. We're so polar opposites you know so we've we did what we what we did we've been married like 24 years right so that's a long time to be with someone but we've consciously uncoupled and that's beautiful too and i want people to know that there's no shame in that either mm -hmm. you know we made a, the best choice for for each other and for ourselves so um there's so much a, to, a yeah. personal question Sure. Um, and I, I'm, I'm asking because uh, in with my marriage, we separated uh, recently as well earlier this year. Um, but we remain really good friends. Uh, in fact, I'm planning to head over and see her and, and the family uh, later this evening. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to ask you if you've been able to maintain a good friendship with your ex. Uh, and if you if you if you do. Do you attribute that to what you've learned through polyamory? I I think so. A lot of it. He lives in the basement still because it's just housing is expensive and we haven't figured sure. all that out yet. And it happened during COVID. So, you know, we just, um, so, yeah, I mean, I see him, I see him every day. It's like, it's not a huge deal. Um, sure. We would both love to have our own spaces, but you know what? We live our own lives. We have our own things and neither of us are jealous of each other's lives. It's fine. Um, and I think like a lot of those skills, when you learn that one person isn't everything, you realize that when things aren't perfect, it's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just sometimes just the way things are. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you can fight and fight and fight and fight to fight a system that isn't working in your favor sometimes, you know, like why, why does marriage have to be forever? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that, and, and this is one of the things that I want to start proposing is like that marriage should be in like five to 10 year contracts. And, <laughs> and, and you have you to, to re up every time. <laughs> like, Reminds me of my Navy days. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. But wouldn't that make sense? Like to choose to be in it continually. Yeah. You would be on a different, you wouldn't take it for granted. You would be putting effort into that relationship and maintaining it, not because you feel stuck in it, mm-hmm. but because you desire that and you want to. And it, at the end of five years, you can tell a lot about, hmm, sure. you know, are we on the same page at all? You can renegotiate for the next term, you know, like <laughs> get a new interest rate. <laughs> Maybe just a new interest. <laughs> I have there an interest. Go. Can we that? <laughs> that's great that's great uh yeah no so, i um i wanted to ask you like if there are some specific things um i'll i'll share my experience while you think about that um and and kind of to your point where one person doesn't have to be my everything mm-hmm. now i'm able to appreciate each relationship for what it is and so in my case um probably one of the one of those big takeaways is that like love is infinite and takes many forms and i don't have to be you know sexual and romantic and all of these things with the person that i love very much in the world and you know and and want to be in my life like i want her in my life for the rest of my life and she wants me in her life you know for, for the foreseeable future, for the rest of her life, right? Like, like we're, we're in agreement on that. But because of what we learned through polyamory and, you know, being able to de-escalate relationships, like that's probably the, the thing that helped me. I wanted to know what was the thing that helped you to be able to maintain this good relationship with your, uh, with your ex who's still living with you and who you see every day, mm-hmm. even though you're no longer romantic partners? Mm-hmm. I think... I'm not sure what the one thing would be, but the whole mentality to me, like even when uh, we were together, um, he was dating someone who he's still dating right now. And I never even wanted to be his favorite. You know, like I didn't need Mm. to be his favorite. I had gotten past that idea that I have to be the primary and everything and all this kind of stuff to feel secure. Um, But I, I mean, I think people need to be able to put the same kind of effort into the relationship in order for it to flourish and continue to thrive. Right. Um, And so my idea of being able to let go the whole idea, I think compersion is sort of the opposite of, of jealousy. Right. Right. More or Um, or less. Yep. Yeah. And, and I don't think you have to have compersion in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the idea with compersion is to be happy for your partner that they're experiencing something that you can't give them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I recognize that the partner he has right now is just so much better suited for him as a person. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person. And I, I will never be that person. And it's exhausting to try to be that person. And it's exhausting for him to try to be my person. Right. Right. And so, yeah. And so, my boyfriend now we've been together four and a half years and he is amazing and 
he reads me so well. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like no effort at all. It's just, we're like synced. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I would have never experienced that had I not been able to let go of those, you know, the, that programming that said that yeah. that would be wrong. And what you were saying about, um, you know, the idea of like a relationship, not having to be sexual or whatever. I think one thing I love so much about the concept of polyamory is that love can look different in so many yes. ways. I do not have to limit my friendships. There's no hard stop anymore. And that is, right? That's like, it, yes. That's it right there. It's like, if I if I develop a friendship with someone, it can turn sexual if it needs to, it can be friends with benefits mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be any of that, but I can like cuddle with them or yes. love them or have yes. conversations yes. with them. And nobody's yes. gonna hurt me for that. Yes. Nobody's yes. gonna hate me for that because I have been shunned by women almost my whole life because my mm. friends were always guys. And I remember the day when my husband, my ex-husband said to me, and we weren't engaged yet, he said, you know, if we're gonna be married, um, this is gonna have to stop. I was running up and down the halls at Bible school um in the tunnels <laughs> um mm. with my friend, and we were chasing each other, and he was we were just being really silly, okay. And the thing is, my husband had no issue with this. He didn't have any issues with it necessarily. But the programming said, this is not okay for a Christian wife. So if you marry mm -hmm. me, that you cannot behave like this anymore. And a part of me died that day because I agreed right. that that probably wouldn't be appropriate. And so yep. I I was not going to get to have my guy friends. That's right. all I, I had so many guy friends. And all of a sudden that was all going to have to change. And the thing is, he didn't even really care that much if I had guy friends. It's just the image. Yes. He yeah. really would have rathered that I had guy friends. But so in that sense, yeah. So this programming leads us to make decisions that don't fit who we are. We can't be authentic. And so I'm so Based about on these authenticity. external perceptions even. Yeah. And so like we talked about breaking free to be authentic. But I also talked about breaking free authentically, which is what my podcast I think is going to be called. Um, breaking free authentically. And that means, you know, like when you break free from things, you see all these like Facebook um, or like Instagram reels, all that kind of stuff where they're giving the proverbial fuck you to the world. You know, like mm -hmm. I am standing up for my boundaries and it's me. Da, 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 da. That doesn't sit well with me because it's not the type of person I am. I'm not just going to be like, talk to the end. You know, that's <laughs> not me. I am a loving person and I struggle with setting my own boundaries only because I was such a people pleaser, but I'm learning that there's an authentic way to set my boundaries and honor myself at the same time. And so I really work with my clients on really understanding how to be authentic and hold yourself, uh, uh, hold to your own energy and to be authentic to yourself. That's super important, right? And I that absolutely love that, that goes through. That is so good. That's so good. And I'm sure I could talk to you forever about all of this stuff we could go on. I think I have time for one more question, though, before we uh, start to close out here. So um, there was one thing that you mentioned, which was that you when you and your husband were going through the decoupling uh, and you uh, or, or maybe even before that, when he started dating this other person, that you no longer felt the need uh, to be the primary in order to feel mm -hmm. secure, like you, you no longer needed to be the primary in order for yourself to be secure. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What was it? Was it um, like 
because of this specific relationship that you didn't feel the need to be the primary? Or was it because in any relationship you don't feel the need to be the primary? Um, I'm, I'm thinking I, it's more I, the latter. And I want to know, like, why, like, what, what, what inspired that? So now the huge transformation has led to, like, I am my own primary. I think everybody's mm-hmm. polyamorous. <laughs> everybody's polyamorous, and you have to be your own primary Totally agree. And if you can't be, you're going to be seeking someone else to feel, to meet your needs and to fill voids all the time. But if you can learn to be your own primary, then you can allow everybody else to be who they are, where they're at. And everything just kind of naturally falls into place. And I think that's such a beautiful place to be. That's a tough place to be, to get to sometimes, because again, there's a lot of breaking free. Right. A lot of deprogramming to to happen, and you've got to switch the programming to something new, and that means shifting ideas and mindsets and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that I came to the well. It probably helped that I also was in a relationship that someone saw me completely for who I was, and it wasn't mm. wasn't trying, you know. So I yeah. finally understood what it was like to actually be seen in a relationship and not have to fight to be seen. And I was able to go, well, I don't need to fight to be seen because I can be just me. And that was really, I think, really powerful in that. I love it. I love it. What do you think, Corrine? Can we squeeze in one more question? I think we probably could. You think so? Okay. This is the last question. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. There's a chance. There's a chance. The question that I wanted to ask you about is about co-parenting. So now Mm. you're split up with your husband, but you remain good friends. You still Mm -hmm. live together. How is co-parenting going for you now? It's great. My kids are really independent. They're older too. So I have two adult children now Mm -hmm. and my youngest is 15. So I have two girls that are older. Um, One's moved out of the house. So I mean, I have such a great relationship with my kids. I hang out with them. They talk with me and tell me everything. He is much more of a keep to himself kind of person. And so they don't really see him that much, but like when they really need stuff, like he's there for like a lot of the like financial things and difficult things that I don't know anything about, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's fine because there's like the kids get to just kind of, do what they do and choose and and it's been it's been fine there's no no issues we're fighting with that i imagine if they were a bit younger uh we'd probably have like a every other weekend kind of situation or something like that and would have worked that out but we don't really need to because y'all live together I'm, anyway yeah and they're the kids are like yeah you're leaving the house <laughs> but it, overall it's it's gone pretty well uh oh, the yeah. conversations around that were were fairly easy yeah i mean it's really it doesn't feel a whole lot different i have to say right we just don't yeah. share a room anymore and i and i don't have any expectations of him which has been really freeing because i had been i i went through quite a depression just at the time when i was so confused and i think just trying to hang on to things that shouldn't be or trying to force yourself to be in a place or think in a way mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. doesn't align with who you are um, just really messes with your mental health. And when you can start to really accept things for what they are and just 
change course yeah just be authentic to yourself and change course when when needed then that's beautiful so so powerful so so good kareen thank you so so very much for uh spending some time with me thank you for uh letting me ask you a few extra questions going just a little no bit over time problem. um if somebody wanted to work with you if somebody wants to get uh coaching from the world's leading empowerment coach how can they get in touch with you how can they do that well, they can go to my website at it's on the screen there, www.kareenbedardcoaching.com. Uh, Kareen with a K, K-A-R-I-N-E. And um, there are, it talks a little bit about the two programs that I have there, and those are more the coaching programs. Um, and you can book a call with me. Like it's complimentary call, book it with me, and we can just ch chat about what your needs are because we can talk about you know, empowerment and how to break free from those things to get you to a place where maybe you're thinking about these ideas of um, ethical non-monogamy, you know, like, what does that e even mean? And you might be listening to this podcast and be curious, but don't know where to turn. I can help you. So I have a couple offers like for couples. Um, so some of the things that I do with my couples is that one is like, I have a vi VIP, um, fantasy couples experience and so my breaking free method has four steps to it so it's fantasize release and embrace and empower so free um, and so we go through the fantasize portion of my method in a weekend and so you have talks with your your partner and you discuss it's just really getting clear on your fantasies your desires your goals personally as a couple and sexually, like what are some things you want to experience or, you know, and so we, we find a really nice place where you go and you get away and maybe have some massages, all the things that you would like. We make it very custom to what you like. And we take that weekend to really build such a great experience for you to really get clear on who you are and what you want. And then you'll know how to move forward from there. I so. love it. I love it. Uh, well, you all heard it, ladies and gents. Follow Kareen on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching. Go to her website, KareenBedardCoaching.com if you need help. Uh, I want to say thank you to our live audience. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us over here from Spotify. I really appreciate you. And thank you to the rest of our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure mm -hmm. to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time, or sign up for our Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever, wherever it is that you download your podcast, if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you once again, Kareen. Thank you once again to our live audience. And until tomorrow, every single one of you, where's that button? There. Have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.